0: Welcome to Untold Physio Stories Podcast, your perfect commute resource with physio failures, successes, interesting cases, and more from the physio and rehab world with your host, Drs. Andrew Rothschild and Erson Religioso. Try these in your practice, email my exclusive promo code MMT2 to Helix at Helix4, the number four pain.com to receive samples of these new professional pain relief creams and find a medical to supply distributor near you. You'll get a starter kit with several samples, patient information brochures, and it's a great way to help patients and grow your practice
1: gotten as many referrals about that um, kind of like pelvic correction, but I used to do that a lot where I would have the buy-in be, like I do the long sit test and we can see the discrepancy and then we do a repeated motion and the discrepancy goes away. So that was definitely helpful for a lot of buy-ins.
0: For sure. And I think it also helped a lot of people think because if, if someone was really posteriorly really rotated, like every single one of these doctors, <laughs> patients that he was sending you and you do side glides toward that side it would actually bring the hip up higher and not yeah. lower so after it was corrected by bringing the hip higher I think that really made people think and, and maybe got rid of a lot of those thought viruses
1: yeah definitely I, I feel like it's it's in my experience it just seems like tone related like different um hypertonicity in different areas and when we reduce that with either you know the loading techniques or um instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization the tone goes away and then there's no positive long sit tests anymore and they definitely feel a lot more comfortable about it
0: for sure so malika uh re- recently went over an interesting case on our mmt insiders email thread and i said you got to come on the podcast and tell this so go ahead
1: man okay so um about a, maybe a month or so ago so i had a, a woman in her 70s she's still fairly active uh, likes to walk do yoga and uh, she came in for a right-sided uh, hip and knee pain uh, that she said can also kind of refer travel down into her right lower leg gastroc area. Uh, she came in with an IT band uh, friction syndrome referral um, and kind of digging into her history a little bit or other symptoms, she had a uh, lower back stiffness as well. And I initially tested her in lumbar extension, lumbar flexion, just standing motions just to see what I would find. And the uh, extension produced more of a central symptom. And the uh, right and left side glides. Left side glides actually produced right-sided hip pain. And uh, oh, man. Sorry, Dr.
0: No problem. Um, I could always cut out any pauses. So and I could also <laughs> Let's, cut this stuff uh, up too. But I was just going to comment on she had uh, come in with an IT band friction syndrome <laughs> diagnosis. Yeah. Not only is that bad, but she also has pain below the knee. That's, yeah. uh, she has a really long IT band. It's the opposite of a tight that, IT band. It's too loose.
1: Yes, and she also had a um, she had the, like an ultrasound done just to make sure there was no DVT. So I guess they were just kind of trying to cover all their bases and uh, test everything.
0: <laughs> so you rule out DVT and you call it IT band friction syndrome.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a PT. There's so much um,
0: friction; it goes down to the lateral malleolus.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, it, when I when I heard that, like her previous stiffness, as well as having the um, symptoms down into the right lower extremity, I was definitely thinking spine. I was thinking maybe the stiffness in her lower back, which had been there for a while, uh, was kind of like the initial, you know, kind of the initial thing, and then the right sided stuff developed as the lower back kind of regressed or, or worsened. Uh, so, doing the motion testing, extension was more central. Right side bends produced right side symptoms. So, I was thinking, okay, maybe right loading would be helpful. Did the left side glides? Um, they also produced right side symptoms. So, I'm thinking maybe right sided, right shift corrections uh, could be helpful. She wasn't really restricted in right side glides. And um, testing the other patterns, I tested her in hip flexion, I tested her in um, you know, internal rotation, passive straight leg raise. Those didn't really stand out either. So she wasn't fitting the, the, the practice patterns to go into right side glides. Sometimes I do anyway, um, but since her symptoms were more central when I had her stand and bend back, I started with repeated lumbar extension. Uh, so I had her on the table. I like to do my extensions in prone just to kind of get uh, in range as fast as I can and uh, overpressure them a little bit easier if needed. Uh, so we did a set of, or so of those in prone and that started to bother her lower back more on the left side uh, which wasn't wasn't terrible we got through 10 and then um, she was feeling a little bit worse in that area uh she didn't really feel any changes on the right side uh so i had her do a couple more just to see potentially maybe this is some centralization that we need to do a little bit more maybe the right side will start to feel a little better so i had her do a little more and she just you know wasn't wasn't, I could tell she wasn't really enjoying this, so I, I had her stop about like halfway, maybe doing five or so, uh, that left side lower back still feeling worse, right side feeling about the same. Um, and one thing I like to do is test the glute activation and inhibition as well, sometimes I, I feel uh, a good results uh, of that, like the inhibition reduces after finding the right repeated motion and I had tested her left glute, so glute media glute max, beforehand. And then after doing the press ups, the left side felt more inhibited and the right side was unchanged, still inhibited. Um, and I had her stand, walk, right side felt the same, left side, lower back, just a little bit more uncomfortable. And she didn't come in feeling anything in the left side. So um, I decided it didn't feel like centralization. So I wanted to see what would happen if I did repeated flexion. So I had her lie down on her back and I. Her bring her knees to her chest and uh, repeatedly flex uh, we did that about 10 times uh, pretty quickly that left-sided lower back um, symptoms that she was feeling got better um, but she started to feel more discomfort on her right side like the right hip right knee uh, and I understand walk and it was feeling worse on the right side so I had her lay back down do 10 more just to see because if the left side is getting better and i, I I'm still trying to figure out, is, is she feeling worse from that? Or maybe it was from the press-ups and maybe it was just something residual. So I had her do another another 10 and still feeling worse from doing that. Uh, so she stood, walked around a little bit, um, did not feel like it was helping. Right side was worse than when she came in, but the left side was feeling better or back to how it was. No, no complaints there as when she came in. And then testing the um, glute activation again on the left side, that was back to where it was when she came in. Uh, so testing both like repeated flexion and extension, uh, not really getting anywhere. Uh, I went to right side glides, which sometimes I'll do first if she, they have right-sided complaints. I know Mackenzie, uh, typical Mackenzie, likes to do flexion extension first. And if both of those are producing symptoms or not uh, getting anywhere, then they'll go to, to side glides. So I went to side glides thinking, okay, this has to be it. Like this is, this is the one. I should have done side glides all along. Uh, and i did the side glides and that also made her right hip worse so at this point i'm kind of stumped and i don't have much time left in the eval and i need to secure my buy-in so i just go to the more classical like it band uh, approach and i'm doing some soft tissue work uh stretches and uh boot exercises and i give her that as her homework for the first day um, and then i see her again either two days later or possibly the next week. I was seeing her twice a week for a couple of weeks. And so the next two to three visits, maybe two to four visits, the initial part of every treatment, I'm trying different spine repeated motions because I'm still thinking like she she had a response to those. It wasn't a positive response, but it still felt like she was a rapid responder somewhere. And I just hadn't quite found it yet. So I I, I kind of go over some of the repeated motions that I did just to see if I was getting the same results. Uh, and also tried other um, variations like I tried um, like the roadkill press-ups just to see what that would do and I tried the lumbar flexion rotations which is another McKenzie technique just to see if that was uh, something that would be helpful and it's not really getting anywhere and in the meantime she is feeling like mild improvement with the more classical stuff that we're working on um, so she's feeling benefits just like I can tell that there's still something missing so um, about treatment maybe five or treatment six Uh, still coming in, still feeling that like right knee, um, right hip, right lower extremity symptoms with walking and with stairs. Uh, I just decided to test her hip. I just wanted to see if any repeated motions of the hip would make anything better, even if it didn't make everything better. At least if we can make something feel better, uh, maybe it'll give me a little bit more information. So uh, I tried, well, I tested her, you know, going up the stairs, got my baselines. I tested her just standing walking around to get baselines there. And then I did repeat the hip extension. So right side, I did it in side lying. And then I did a little bit in prone. Um, And then like immediately the right hip was just feeling right hip, right knee, right, everything just feeling a ton better. She was able to go up the stairs, no symptoms, stand, walk around, um, probably the best that she had felt so far on that right side. Um, But a little bit of discomfort in the lower back after doing that which didn't bother me because right side's feeling better. That was her chief complaint. Maybe a little bit of discomfort in the lower back's okay. Uh, maybe we'll keep going with this and see um, if the lower back is kind of more temporary and resolves or if maybe we need to do something else to address that. Uh, but she wanted to see the other side. So I say, like, okay, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll extend the other side. And I went to go do repeated hip extensions on the other side um, in prone, and that started to exacerbate her left-sided lower back kind of into the upper glute area. Uh, made that worse. Um, I guess with kind of like the hip extension and maybe partially spine extension occurring at the same time doing that um, started to irritate that. Uh, And I had her turn over just to repeatedly flex the hip just to see if that would make it go away. And I did repeated hip flexion on that side and it it went away completely. So either through like left sided, maybe she needed hip flexion end range or maybe just that left sided hip flexion kind of had a little bit of a spine flexion on that side that reduced whatever she was feeling or maybe that gapping is just what she needed. Uh, but through th- repeatedly flexing the left hip and repeatedly extending the right hip, both complaints went away. And I was kind of, you know, I was kind of blown away. I didn't really, it, it, it's kind of magical how how that can happen sometimes. And I didn't really believe it. So I, I tested the right hip again. I was like, there's no way that just, 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 just doing that made everything go away. So I did the right hip flexion which is kind of opposite to what was helpful i did repeated right hip flexion and her right side of symptoms came back so there was more discomfort with the stairs more discomfort walking and i did repeated hip extension again uh, and all of a sudden it was back to feeling good so you know i guess both sides needed different things and it was two different derangements occurring at the same time and uh, the funny thing when i think about it is like if we just had her in the gains type test and just pushed the left hip into flexion and the right hip into extension off the table, that would have solved both of her complaints. So that, that, that's kind of funny to think about.
0: Yeah, that um, I was thinking that too. Like, how did you even prescribe this for home? And I, I also exactly thought like of that two joint hip flexor test, what you call the Gainslands test. Yeah. Well, one way one way would have made it worse and the other way would have made it better. Um, yeah, yeah. So how did you prescribe this for home?
1: Uh, for home, since she can't quite get uh, I had her try that. It, it does help a little bit just doing um, kind of like a holding the left knee and letting the right side hang off the bed, but she doesn't quite get end range on the right hip doing that. So I just had her do right hip kind of hip flexor stretches, hip extension to end range in the lunge position mm-hmm. and left side just laying on her back, bringing her left knee up towards her chest. And those were the two, two things I had her do. And then
0: something you be able to do those
1: she was able to do those and those, when she did them independently, they also seemed to to do the trick. So I kind of scrapped some of what she was doing and just had her focus on those and like bridges for stabilization afterwards.
0: Yeah. I also think, you know, um, even though I always tell patients, I don't care what the cause is, I, I care about the solution and the cause could be many things and it's not usually just one thing. When something is as, as specific as this and it's the opposite on the hips i wonder one is there some sort of crazy you know um hip torsion like she always sat in like a uh, extreme er on one hip and ir on the other you know like a almost like a w and an m on one side you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um so she, she developed with some sort of like extremely shallow hip and extremely deep hip on on opposite sides and and if that's not the case or if that is also the case like what what did she do that would be so opposite you know because i think people who respond to loading on one side they typically unload too much on that side but it is like what she she flexes the right hip too much and she extends the left hip too much like does she sit does she sit in like a straddle (laughs) or like a split you know or like how does she sit yeah i mean that's Maybe she still sits like that, like how a lot of kids sit with, like the, you know, just like side bent to the right with their right hip in IR and their left hip in ER. Maybe she sits like that.
1: Yeah, you know, you, now that you mention it, I think it's a, a definitely something I'll follow up with her and ask her about. It's, it's how I had initially thought about it is since the left sided lower back stiffness had been there for some time that maybe that was just you know completely unrelated and that was something from a few years ago that just wasn't solved and maybe the right side and hip is just something newer that um, was, was completely separate, but it definitely is possible that maybe she sat like that and, um, you yeah, know, I'll definitely follow up with her and, and see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Either way, that's that's an amazing case. I thought, I mean, if you guys were able to follow that, a lot of, uh, a lot of clinical practice patterns that I teach in my courses, plus um, you definitely have had... Ex- like external McKenzie training outside of what I teach, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm taking part A and B, and I am I kind of had a little lull for a while, and I'm planning to take part C and D later this year.
0: Yeah, I can tell because it's one of my biases that I don't often test once I find a directional preference. I just kind of roll with that, and I don't think, yeah. well, is this really happening? I'm going to try to make it worse by going the opposite way. But I mean, that is, it's good. It's good. um for for diagnosis you know of a directional preference because if you really want to confirm you have a directional preference technically the opposite direction will make them worse and that yeah. way you can you can make sure they're not just doing some non-specific movement that any movement will make it better
1: yeah exactly i i do not often test the opposite, only if i'm not 100 percent sure if what they're telling me is correct like some people might say oh yeah it feels a little bit better um so just to kind of make sure i'm doing the right thing or if i feel like somebody kind of like what you said uh, will feel like they're getting better just from movement i may test the opposite just to confirm that and have that be like an educational piece where they feel the other side does um, increase what they were feeling so it was more that directional motion rather than just activity itself
0: for sure well thanks for challenging my biases i am super biased that especially when something's going below the knee i just think oh it's it's lumbogenic, you know? Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't often do repeated motions of the hips. And this was also even, my bias was further strengthened uh, by one of the other mentees or mentors. I think it was either Sean Wells or Andrew, um, who posted on our mentors group, some research that came out within the last year or so that basically said something like 90% of hip patients with hip complaints, like uh, 90% of them got better with lumbar treatment only. And, yeah. and zero manual therapy to the hip. And I was like, oh, wow, my bias is even, you know, I'm, I'm even more correct in my bias now. So I don't even know if I would have gotten to where Malik got. So So I was just so blown away by this case. And um, I knew you had to share it.
1: Honestly, I was out of ideas at that point, And I was just grasping at straws. And I just figured I might as well try something different. because, Like you said, I was completely convinced it was limbogenic. And the first four visits, I just kept, testing the same repeated lumbar motions just to make sure that uh, I, I already tested everything so yeah definitely agree and I'm, I'm fighting my biases too uh thinking about more hips and spine flexion like the left side normally yeah, I, I try to load everything um sometimes flexion works
0: yeah i know i'm surprised i'm all surprised i mean i know that when flexion has worked for me in the past it's always been like two anterior derangements where my wife um who is afraid of flexion and um, she does press ups a lot. Um, yeah. Right after having a baby, you know, she she's an anterior pelvic tilt for uh, three months, like the entire third trimester. And then she goes through extensions again. She needs to actually do reflections. And then another one was a sway back who was um, really, really thin. And overall, he's mostly like an extension every time he's in a loaded position. So he responded. But other than that, I really haven't seen too many anterior derangements. And I always just think, again, because from a novel stimulus standpoint, most people are flexing thousands of times a day. So how is it that this is not better?
1: Yeah, I, I think I see similar to what, what you're describing, a couple uh, patients who maybe have delivered before and have a little, still have a little bit of that anterior pelvic tilt, um, or a couple that just have a little bit of that anterior pelvic tilt and stand all day, or there's something started after a period of standing all day, uh, combined with that kind of Possible like, excessive lordosis in the lower back, and this flexion was novel to them, so it it, it was more helpful in
0: those yeah. cases. Yeah, I mean, in in most of these cases, I find that even when they do something like a quadruped, where they rock their hips back under the heels, mm-hmm. that they're like still in a lordosis, where it barely rounds out. And that, that in that case, I do think, yeah, absolutely, they need to be unloaded. All right, Malik, that was a great case. Thanks for coming on. Uh, anywhere they can find you on social media.
1: Uh, Well, I'm actually, uh, I've been kind of a ghost. So I'm trying to to get on social media. So if you want to follow me, you can search for at Malik Parker, DPT, And I'm going to try to be
0: active. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dr. E. Hey, if you guys have any similar stories uh, or any humorous stories or big physio failures, interesting cases, make sure to reach out to Andrew or I on social media and make sure also to share our podcast. Uh, rate it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts and you guys have a great day through continued research my pt insurance has crafted a policy that is economical and provides you with the peace of mind you need your extensive education training and experience as a pt allows you to assist clients in achieving their personal health goals by practicing without individual professional liability insurance you could be placing your career and future finances at risk whether you're a student self-employed or employed with a company, MyPT Insurance is here to provide affordable insurance coverage while protecting you and your patients. MyPT Insurance's plan also includes mobile coverage, which means it follows you wherever you work in the United States. Employed rates and self-employed rates are available. Visit myptinsurance.com edge to sign up today.